welcome to More Than a Therapist, a podcast for ambitious and creative clinicians who want to build careers beyond the couch. I'm your host, Davia Roberts, and I hope you're ready for today's session. Today, you're going to hear from someone who seems to have mastered the art of a career pivot and has the wisdom to be proactive about building skills to complement his expertise and purpose in the mental health field. I had the opportunity to connect with him through a nonprofit organization called Therapist in Tech. It's a community of clinicians who are in the tech space and for clinicians seeking to enter the tech world as well. And today, Dr. David Cooper is going to let you know exactly how he entered this space and steps you can take as well. In the past, he's created digital health apps for U.S. service members and veterans and current Currently, he's the Senior Clinical Strategy Director of Global Mental Health. In my opinion, that's a pretty big deal. And so I want to say thank you for taking time out of your schedule and joining us today. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's, I love doing this stuff. Um, you know, again, as someone who's been doing this for a couple of years now, um, the thing I love is helping people understand how to get, you know, hey, there's this whole new, uh, you know, field that we can go into that's not research, that's not clinical work, right? It, it's a new avenue. And so I love talking with folks and, and helping demystify it a little bit. No, that's what I'm excited about because your career isn't directly in in tech like you don't have the the computer science or engineering background and yet you were still out here building apps doing website redesigns you know doing free coding camps all of these things that yeah. so many of us are intimidated by <laughs> and when i think about career pivots and what i've heard from other clinicians is that there's an automatic assumption that in order to do this type of work or do any career pivot you have to go back to school and maybe no. I got enough debt. I'm not trying to go back to school. Mm -mm. No, absolutely not. No. Uh, again, I am 100% self-taught from the school of YouTube University. Uh, you know, I all this stuff. That's the wonderful thing about tech is, you know, it's not like mental health where it's like you can only go to graduate schools. You can only find out this stuff in graduate schools and like certain texts and certain experiences. It's like, no, you can go on YouTube and, and watch a Facebook person talk about how they build products at Facebook. You can go on and watch, you know, learn about, you know, what's an API? How does that work? There's ways that you can sort of teach yourself all this stuff. Um, and, and the graduate, like their programs, like certainly those certification programs serve a purpose, right? Because, you know, maybe to jump ahead a little bit, you know, the biggest thing as a someone coming into tech, biggest thing everybody in tech wants to know is, can you do it? Right. It, right. It, it's not 100% meritocratic, right? Like nothing is. Um, but it, it's pretty close, right? It's more about like, what have you done? Um, show me what you do. Show me what you, you, you know. And then, okay, because you've done X, Y, and Z, I can see that you're probably going to do A, B, and C, which is what I need. Um, but yeah, you can 100% get that self-taught free no need to take on any more debt for sure and i, I mean i'm a proud graduate of youtube university for many fields you know so i appreciate that that mm -hmm. it's very affirming for me um but it definitely sounds like there are a lot of entry points there isn't one exclusive Absolutely. entry into tech so if you don't mind could you actually walk us through your career and yeah. your pivot and how your entry into tech looked 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, again, I didn't really start in healthcare at all, unless you count being pre-med and undergrad, like most folks, uh, <laughs> biochemistry was the one that killed it for me. Um, but, you know, I, I graduated, did a stint in like politics, doing kind of tech adjacent stuff like websites and helping people understand this new thing called YouTube, um, you know, back in the day. Um, and then, but, you know, I, you do that for a while. And like so many folks, you have that quarter life crisis where you're like, what I went to undergrad for is not what I like doing. Um, so, yeah, I actually went and saw a career counselor and like, help me understand what people do all day. Like a lot of stuff sounds interesting, but uh, what is that involved? Like, you know, listening to people tell you their problems for money sounds great, but what's the day to day like? Um, but decided to end up going back, getting my uh, doctorate. My my focus was neuropsych and brain-based behavior. And, you know, right as I was finishing up my internships, smartphones are coming out and I'm looking at my patients. I'm looking at these phones. I'm trying, oh, hey, it could help them do X, Y, and Z and, you know, help, you know, compensate for some of those brain areas that have been injured. Man, I wish there were people in our field smarter about this sort of stuff because there's a lot of good we could do. Um, I just got lucky through one of my mentors, knew a group out West, um, working for Department of Defense, building apps for service members, right? In the military, a lot of stigma around mental health, whether that's, you know, personal or, you know, it might impact my career. Um, so we decided, we thought, how do we get the clinic to them, right? I used to tell soldiers, hey, on your phone, nobody knows if you're checking Facebook or learning about PTSD. Really, you know, how do we get that information out to them and, and help them in a way? So I was lucky to work there. And, and that's really where, you know, I started learning and teaching myself, um, you know, how do you, you know, hey, you're now in charge of building these apps. Oh, crap. I better figure out how you build an app. Um, and, you know, again, not like I knew everything going into it. It's sort of like when you're teaching and you stay two chapters ahead of the students in the textbook, right? I'm just watching videos, you know, when I'm not working, I'm like watching videos. Okay, how does this work? I have a problem at work that day. I go home and I'm like, okay, let me find out a video on what is this and, and learn how to do this for tomorrow. Um, so it was really great, right? We were building apps, we're teaching people how to use apps because again not something i was ever covered in my graduate program um and so you know i kind of got to a point where i was like great I, I know how to build these things i feel comfortable making an app going from an idea to to an app and putting that out on the market w what's the business model how does this work right um you know i've got an app for suicide that's good on the government it's free what does that look like in the private sector? Like we could put ads in it. Like that's kind of creepy. How does that work? So <laughs> I left the DOD and went, went and joined a startup where, um, great. I talked to hundreds of digital health companies, like not just mental health. We're talking remote patient monitoring and diabetes. And I got a really good understanding of how the business of, uh, you know, some of these digital startups work. And then, you know, I got to a point where I said, okay, great. I, I know the business, but you know, I miss mental health. I want to go back to just focusing on mental health. Um, friend of mine had a position where she's like, hey, you know, we're going international with this program. I said, great. I love working with you. That sounds like an interesting challenge, right? Well, how do I, I don't know. I know about the US. I don't know anything necessarily about how international mental health works. Let's go learn about that, right? It, it, it's kind of, it's nice, right? Tech's a little bit, for those of you who really like to, you know, 
learning and like the learning aspect of school maybe not so much the debt but like the always learning something <laughs> new or right like i like being a professional student this is it's kind of great for that like there's always something new like crap now i got to learn about ai and chat gpt what the heck are those things <laughs> right so there's always something new to learn but it sounds like it it kind of feeds the curiosity. Like if you have oh, one of those naturally curious spirits, you always want to figure out how things work. Like this is an industry where you're going to thrive. Absolutely. Cause there's so many little rabbit holes for you to go down. Um, you know, when I talk about people coming into tech from other areas, there's usually a couple different ways, right? You can come in as a therapist and doing like teletherapy. Um, you can come in sort of one level above that and maybe like clinical operations and like helping recruit therapists. You can come in on the content side and writing evidence-based content. If you're more of like, Hey, I'm more of a writer and less of a therapist. Or I want to take a break from therapy. Great. Or you can come in on like the product or even like the data research side where you're bringing some like, oh, you're more of a research person. Great. We need someone to analyze all this data and tell us what the heck to do with it. Right. There's avenues for all of that for you to kind of make your entry into tech. But I'm really curious because, of course, it's 2023 tech and the digital mental health tech, the union is very solid right now. Like we see it, it's here. It's not going mm -hmm. anywhere anytime soon, but if we look back 10 years ago, I remember being in grad school and us having conversations about teletherapy mm -hmm. and us having like arguments, debates, mm -hmm. like we don't know. No, no, no. It should always mm -hmm. be. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And so there were so many debates around ethics. I'm wondering for you during that time, mm -hmm. did you have any reservations or fears around just the newness of tech and mental health, but also just I'm about to go into this, this new yeah. arena? No kidding. Um, you know, I think there were some reservations, right? A lot of, you know, when I, when we work in the DOD and we would bring out these apps, a lot of people would want to engage us. Like, should we be doing this? Are we removing, you know, the person, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, I just saw it and I looked at it. And I said, here is the need. There is money to be made off of this need. Someone is going to do this, right? Like the, it was so natural because you talk to the older clinicians and they would be the ones who want to debate you in these ethical things. And then a lot of the younger clinicians coming out of grad school were like, Oh yeah, no duh. I want an app for that. Like I'd love an app. I, oh, yeah. Why wouldn't I want an app? So it was just like, okay, this is going to be a thing. Like, and eventually I was just like, I'm not having that conversation anymore. It's going to happen. The question is whether or not we psychologists or clinicians or anybody are going to have a seat at the table when this stuff is going on, or we're going to let some Silicon Valley tech bro run wild with it and, you know, potentially have a harm on patients. So it really was about, okay, as much trepidation as I have, I need to get in the game because if I'm not in the game, someone else is in the game and I don't necessarily trust someone else in I the mean, game. I mean, you bring up, that's a really good point because things are going to move ahead regardless. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to happen. People are going to see the need for it. Everything mm -hmm. else is on an app. Why wouldn't we make mental health? But you are speaking to this point can we create something so that it is useful, but also does Absolutely. not cause harm? 
Absolutely. And yeah, you know, and having always had like an interest in tech, you know, it was a lot more of excitement. Like I was a gadget head and I, you know, I like gadgets and geegaws, but again, not like I'm going to program something from scratch. No, no, thank you. Websites <laughs> not so about as far as I can go. And, you know, even now every new job still comes with that you know, imposter syndrome feeling, It'll, you know, at least for like the first six months, right? My last job at the startup, I just had a document called stuff to look up after the meeting where somebody would say something in a meeting, I would smile and nod like I knew what they were talking about, I would write it down, and then I would go look it up afterwards, be like, Oh, that's what that is. Um, and then have to go ask other people. So I you know, like, how does this work? What's this? Wait, is this how this works? Um, taking people to lunch and just being like, tell me everything you know about X, I want to learn um so that you know yeah because always it's like oh they're gonna find me out i'm not doing a good enough job i'm not as good as such and such a person who's coming in from google or whatever but you know that does pass right you do get your feet under you and and again it every new job has something to learn about right if you're coming into a digital health company it's like how does the tech stack work what is a tech stack <laughs> like what is how do i spell api I spell api but that's about it right um how does this work and and there's always this huge learning curve but again i think you can mitigate a little bit of that because that's a superpower we have because of our degrees right you come in at the beginning of the semester you know how to spell cbt but that's about it but by the end of the semester you're going to be using it with patients so you learn how to learn quickly and so it's it's frightening as that can seem of like, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about this. Everybody is so much smarter than me. It's just like grad school gang. Like either the resources are out there. You will learn it. And in three months, you'll have a pretty good idea of what's going on. And you know what? It makes me think about just the reality that we're just speaking different languages. There is yeah. not an issue of, am I smart enough? Somebody speaking Spanish, somebody speaking French, like CBT, EMDR, DBT. Absolutely. They're not going to know what the heck that means. <laughs> no, I had to explain to somebody what like triangulation was and like couples therapy the other day. And it was just kind of like, they're like, that's how that works. And I was like, yeah, right. Isn't that weird? Um, yeah. All of that stuff all the time. Exactly. Because because we're coming with our own languages from our fields and we have our own expertise. And I think that so often magnifies that sense of imposter syndrome that you're talking mm -hmm. about, because it's not the fact that we're, we're dumb. It's like, no, they're speaking a language. We simply have not learned. I'm like, exactly. OPRs, KPI. What, what is yeah, that? Like, right, I know what exactly. it is once you explain it to me. It's like, Oh, that's what you call that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. We just call it an objective in my back. Right. Right. A call goal. it a smart goal. Right. <laughs> like it doesn't have to be so yeah. complicated. Like don't overthink mm -hmm. it. Absolutely um, not. When did you get from that place of that intense imposter syndrome and start to feel more settled in Oof. your work? I'll let you know when I do, because I still have it every <laughs> now and again, quite frankly. Um, you know, and again, and I don't want to like sugarcoat it, right? Like there's always that question of like, will I be taken seriously because I don't come from a STEM background? And hey, when I start getting taken seriously, I'll let you know, right? I still get under like I'm still waiting on it. Yeah, no, I mean, the DOD job quite, I mean, my career history sounds good because I've come up with a good story about it. But, you know, it took me like years to get out of the DOD job into a startup because it was hard to convince people that I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. Still don't always get taken seriously about product stuff. But, you know, again, I think I think that can be good. Right. What do they say? It's 
you're always underestimated that means they never see you coming yeah. right you can really deliver and and show like yeah cool you took a chance on me awesome let me show you how good i can be and so many times people are like wow that's a lot more than i thought was going to happen right um so you know again i I give us another 10 years maybe <laughs> until we start getting taken seriously. Um, but yeah, I mean, it happens, but that's okay. You know, you can just roll with it. And I think it's slowly happening because like you mm -hmm. mentioned, there are going to be the Silicon Valley bros who have had multiple companies, multiple apps, and they're going to be taken more seriously and mm -hmm. they want to start the mental health company. Absolutely. And it's like, maybe you have no experience in mental health. How about you work yeah. with a clinician who knows what they're talking about? No kidding. Oh, no kidding. I can't tell you how many companies I like talk to and you roll. They're like, oh, I have this problem and blah, blah, blah. And you roll in. You're like, well, I think I figured out your problem. It's you got no clinical folks right there. That's there's your problem. Um, you know, not hard to figure out. You need somebody to do supervision. You need somebody to do recruiting of therapists. You need somebody to say, this is how we're going to do therapy. Like that's yes. just how it works. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't go into this with like no DevOps folks or anything like that, but they just think it's like, oh, I've been in therapy. I know what it's like. It was super hard for me. I want to tell everybody, you know, my therapy is going to work super great for black transgender women. And it's going to be like, no, nobody. Like, no, it's, it's not, not how that's going to work. Like, great intentions because you yeah. do want it to be accessible, but beloved. Sure. Your experience sure. is not the experience. And yeah. I will say as a clinician, I do believe that lived experience is very important. I'm like, I don't want to minimize that. However, one of the things that I think is so great about us as clinicians, the clinicians also know that just because you have a diagnosis does not mean that diagnosis, the symptoms are going to be the same. The experience is going to be the same or the treatment is going to be the same. Absolutely. And I do believe there are folks out there who think, oh, this is what worked for me. This is it for everyone. And it's like, no. Oh, well, that's, you see that a lot, right? Like the TikTokification of stuff, right? Like, yeah. right. And it's like, oh, if I just have the diagnosis, I'll be good. Where, you know, we know, like, I love telling people, I'm like, listen, 5% of therapy is figuring out the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the easy part. It's 95% is getting them to do something about it. <laughs> like, that. that's the hard part. Um, and, and again, that's what we can bring to you know, some of these tech things, whether again, whether it's content, whether it's what do we make sense of this data? How are we going to build things that people are actually going to use? How do we take the thing that we do as therapists, right? Where I am here, I have a theory, I have a theory about how people work, but I need to figure out how to help you understand that. And you're just doing it on a bigger scale, right? It is taking this idea and, and helping it work for a wide variety of people. Um, and that's, again, that's one of the things I love about tech is, you know, working at the DOD, you could see things like, oh, I had an app that had been downloaded 4 million times. I could never teach diaphragmatic breathing to 4 million people in my entire career. Yeah. But with an app, you, and with a well-designed app, you can help people like really understand this stuff. So it really magnifies the effect. If you still like, you know, again, like me, you get into therapy, you know, or you get into this field because you do want to help people. You want to make people feel better. And so it is, can be a way to really scale that impact that you have. I love that. What would you say are some of the similarities of your previous clinical mm -hmm. work doing the, the one-on-ones, the individual group, all of that stuff. So what's similar and what's brand new 
for you? Yeah. It, I mean, again, you're still using psychology to help people just at a bigger scale. You're still trying to help translate a lot of these complicated ideas, like, you know, object relations. Like, how are you going to make that into an app? Like, good grief, Lord, you know, uh, but I'm sure there's a way, right? Yeah. It's still evidence-based, right? You're still doing data-driven stuff. One of the things I love about tech combined with therapy is it really helps you you can really get in there and, and tweak the dials right you can say what are what's the phq9 scores as a whole okay but what about this group what about people who signed up from this company during this time frame with this diagnosis wait, we are having a huge impact or we're not having any kind of impact. Why? And let me dig into that and let me really figure out what can I do to help things work better there. And and you have the data to know that as opposed to just, you know, hey, did you do your homework this week? No. Okay. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Well, I love that because it's and to any clinician who's getting sensitive, it's like we're not knocking individual work by any Absolutely. means. Absolutely. It's great you do get to reach more you do and again it, it's the same stuff just bigger and yeah and again i i certainly don't want to make it you know one of the i guess the bad things about tech is it gets way more press than it should right um dear listener digital health and tech is like one of the fields where what you see in the press versus what goes on behind the scenes is so far apart from reality. Oh my gosh. The number of name brand companies I know of that are held together with spit and glue on the back end, it would shock you. Turn your hair white. But I mean, that's the way startups work. And it yeah. just, people get this idea of like, oh, it's so amazing and so incredible. And all oh, these software engineers at Google are earning half a million dollars a year. That, that, that's not going to be you. That's not how things really work. Um, so, you know, just taking all that with a grain of salt of, you know, how you come in and, and do this because it is, it is a different career path. That's one of the things that attracted me to psychology was like, oh, I could teach. I could go do research. I could go do individual practice. This is just, oh, I could work at a tech company. It's just another career path. Not that any one is better. It's just what, what attracts you? What is interesting to you about how you apply psychology? Yeah, it's just a different way to do the work. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. For, for someone who has been in the field for some time, and like you said, there are so many different ways to come into tech. What, what should, what should therapists know about just the career prospects in this sure. industry? You know, because like you mentioned, tech looks very sexy. All these press releases that are out I and know. you're like, don't trust all of this. Well, I, I mean, again, let me, let me tell you right off the bat, like you're going to make more money in private practice than you're going to make probably at a startup. Let, let's be honest. Like there has never been a better time to like, you can start a private practice. You can buy a telehealth platform. Like you can get it. And then, Hey, you're seeing everybody in the state. Like, yeah. or if you call it coaching, it could be, you know, whatever, right. Without but, having to do and have an office that over hundred percent, a hundred percent. So like, again, if it is, I need more money that this, like a CEO at an early stage startup is going to barely make $200,000 a year, often way less than that. So you're not making, this is not for big bucks. I, you know, I, I tell people the, 
the only reason to get into a startup is for two reasons. One, I want to learn something, right? Like this is this is a new area. I want to get into a startup. I want to learn something new or I want to level jump, right? Like I can't be clinical director of, I don't know, like one of the big, like Ginger or, you know, some big mental health company. I can be clinical director of a small startup as we kind of do this and, and yeah. showcase my skills, right? Again, showing what you can do, showing, hey, yeah, I went for this startup and I, here's all of our, policies and procedures i took it from zero therapists to a hundred therapists i did you know all this kind of stuff um you you do this because it's something different because you you like it and you're interested in it again just like research or teaching or any of the other adjacent career fields that we do it's like i like this and i like this you know it's i want to combine these things but you're also playing the long game in that sense where how can I build these skills so that mm -hmm. later in my career, I can pursue something that is impactful, makes a difference. And I also get paid because that's nice. Oh, listen, <laughs> I, I'm all about getting paid. And again, I understand like I it, it is tough out there. You know, we need better funding and reimbursement for Medicare and Medicaid, especially if we're going to be, you know, seeing some of these the people most in need and again i but it, i also like that it's hard to do that as a therapist right it's hard to do that as an individual trying to make those ends meet but when you combine it all with tech and you figure out ways to tweak things you can still help folks in need and and not have to eat ramen noodles or you know uh, you know some of there's some great um startups coming out now that are treating serious mental illness and working with people you know that you know, traditionally we haven't like it's like yeah. if anxiety and depression for sad white people we kind of got right like we we kind of got that but now the next wave of startups that's so exciting is like oh let's address people of color let's address the lgbtqia experience let's address serious mental illness let's do something about opioid addiction and so it, it you know kind of filling up one tier allows for kind of things to spill over into the next tier and for some of that energy to go there and and i think that's what's going to be really exciting about the next wave of digital mental health it's like okay the first wave was can we do it can we do the easy stuff like anxiety and depression can we okay great we've yeah we got it we can do it we can make money doing it now let's tackle the hard stuff mm -hmm. let's tackle the the next stuff the and more nuanced this, yeah 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 like the the shift is go like it's going to continue to get better i mean of course we have seen the lumps and bumps right still still are taking lumps and bumps like we are still not compensating therapists like what we should be like whether it's in private practice or tech like we can all do better we can all be better paid we're still trying to figure out how should we do these things right like you know you, you see a lot in the news about some of these companies who are turning things into pill mills and like you know you think about it you're like well on the one hand it is hard to get access to care and we do want to make care more accessible to people on the other hand not quite like that right and so yeah. what is that and and as a as and as a feel as a digital mental health all of this stuff but we're still figuring it out like it's 10 years in we're still figuring out how we should do these things what's the right way to do these things what are the tools and theories that we need to come up with this stuff so it, it still is a very again kind of goes back to what i said of like you see these 
press releases, you think, oh, they've got it all together. They know what they're doing. Like, no, uh, we're still totally building the plane while we're flying it. We're still yeah. figuring it out. And for the person, because you mentioned this earlier, the right person for tech industry is the person who is curious, the person that likes the challenge. Because there yes. is someone listening is like, baby, you just said enough. Tech is not for me. I thought it was going to be the golden, you know, the golden egg. And it's not, mm -hmm. a, it's not that. So for the person who is actually getting excited about the learning curve and the challenges and being a yeah. part of that solution and how to make this care more nuanced and more inclusive and more impactful, yeah. like what are the steps that they can take to be a strong candidate to be taken seriously yeah. for these opportunities? Again, I'm going to come back to the biggest thing you can do is show your work, right? The biggest, I, I know that you know psychology. I know that you know research if I'm hiring you. The biggest question is, can you help can you take that and translate it for me can you take this cbt concept and show me okay if you're going to do this into an app you, you're going to need to do this and you're going to need to make a feature that looks like this and this is how it's going to work um you know when i would when i would design apps in the dod i just get out a whiteboard and i would go screen by screen right and i'd be like okay you open the app then what you do that then what what does it look like right and just kind of draw it all out i draw it on paper right like i'm not coding again i ain't coding anything come on now and you got um, somebody else in development i got i got a whiteboard and some post-it notes you know i got <laughs> that and i could bring in a developer and go does this make sense because it makes sense to me um but that how you can do that work and again that's where certifications can come in handy right a stamp of approval like oh somebody else is testing this person you can do the same thing through like a portfolio site like put put up your work take a mental health app and go this is what i like about it this is what i don't like about it write some blog articles if you want to do content um show off a research project on github if you want to do data right there there's nobody's there's no gatekeeping to any of this it's just do i have something can i take like five minutes to show hey this is how i would do it right because that's going to be again the biggest question it's also going to be easier it, it's going to sound weird either smaller startups or really big companies if you're looking for things right at a startup i need someone who can do a lot and i'm going to take a chance on somebody they're more willing to take a chance and like can you come in and you know i'm gonna need you to do um i might need you to actually see patients and recruit and help us figure out our operations and do like weekly <laughs> lunch and learns for our product team so they can understand stuff right you really become this manager of miscellaneous that's why i used to like to tell people i was like my title says this my real job is manager of miscellaneous <laughs> like uh, all the in between whole, yeah it's a whole a host of crap so either at a small startup where you can have that chance or a big company right where i need someone who can do this specific thing cool you got your foot in the door we're going to have you do a specific thing and then once you got your foot in the door you're like hey i want to learn more about ux can i go sit on some you know, mm -hmm. ux meetings mm -hmm. hey product i want to learn more about what you do can i take on more of a role there and you can kind of have that little beachhead where you can then kind of cautiously reach out and explore or kind of jump in with both feet and just hope you got floaties oh. uh, <laughs> paddle your way around <laughs> until you figure it out the two main takeaways number one don't be afraid to learn outside of the box we you are a strong you know Absolutely. cheerleader of youtube university but also it's 2023 let's brag like yeah. have receipts for the great things that you're already doing and have done
like absolutely a record of that because it is important um but you also mentioned something about options for you can you know smaller startups and mm-hmm. you know the huge places like ginger health headspace health all of that yeah where should people look for job opportunities in tech so um i will say there are specialized job boards um wonderful person salome has the going digital behavioral health community they have a job board if you're looking for things communities like therapists and tech you know again i love that community because it didn't exist for me when i was learning this stuff we post jobs we have people like we have a whole hey ask questions and oh this is what i know about this um networking is so much better in tech right i mean like you can sit there and you can apply to a bunch of different job boards and like for every hundred resumes you'll hear back from like 10 if you're lucky right if you're putting in these things right it's so much better to use your network and feel feel comfortable doing that like anybody any therapist i know in tech totally be willing to take half an hour hey let me tell you what i can do what are you looking for let me point you at different areas because again this didn't exist for any of us and so we're still human we we know what it's like trying to get into this and so we want to help pull people in and you know again that's what communities like therapists and tech are for um because networking is still that really that best way to get a job that's helpful to know and i do agree with and that's one thing i've learned i'm like network 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 like absolutely that is the door opener one of the last questions i have for you is what is that one piece of advice that you would give to someone looking to make this pivot the biggest most helpful the biggest most helpful it's not it is not going to solve all of your problems it is not as sexy and <laughs> exciting as it looks it's interesting i think it's a lot of it, cool stuff we can do you know we are not limited by technology anymore right i can think of hundreds of different tech ideas that we can do but we're still figuring out how to make it all work as a business so the 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 whole field is still kind of this nascent area where we're all figuring it out as we go along so if you're okay with chaos if you're okay with learning like if you kind of think tech is interesting or want to see what you can do as far as scale then it's probably for you and and there's lots of different stuff you can do uh but yeah it's it's certainly not as a cure-all as it may seem but that is so open and honest and that's what we need to hear because i know that there are so many people who are burnt out due to just problematic systems in the mental 100%. health field and they're like i i, I need something else like something else right. is going to be something better else. and it's guaranteed to be yeah. perfect and it's like wait let's let's not be mm. unrealistic here nope nope <laughs> these these systems all imbue, it all involve humans okay so Absolutely. there are going to be challenges and so just being realistic about what tech has to offer so I appreciate that. But before I let you go, I want you to join me for the hot seat. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm ready for the hot seat. Ready? All right. The hot seat is our final right. segment where I ask <clears> 10 <throat> rapid fire questions and you reply with the first thing that comes to mind. You said you ready. You ready? Let's go. All right. First question. Dogs or cats? Cats. I got one next to me. TikTok or Instagram? TikTok all the way. <laughs> the algorithm Wait. has got me. What would be your dream career if you weren't in mental health? uh woodworker wow well i just 
it is it you know there is something about it like especially again we're talking about getting into tech there's something about it at the end of the day where you're like i have made a thing right or even like therapy right you're like this is i put in this many hours a day this is what has resulted as opposed to i answered 100 emails i talked to three different folks yelled at two about their homework i don't know if i made a difference today understood you have the final result with yeah i have a thing (laughs) okay let's see um what's the most challenging thing about your work uh staying on top of everything again it is always something new always something learning so unless you're dead curious it can just feel like drinking from the fire hose what's the most enjoyable always learning always learning something new drinking from the fire hose right it is both the challenging and delight should listeners join therapist in tech a hundred percent absolutely it is free it is full of nice human beings we have over 2700 of us now from everybody from grad students to people who've been in the field for years please come and join okay let's see what's one skill you think therapists should build if they want to pivot into today's tech market um learning how to explain something on paper for other people and and by that i mean not just like we would to a patient but how are you going to help explain this for a developer in the way that they might need to understand it to build software how might you explain this into a designer of like i need a button here that says this and you know how do you how do you explain these ideas to other people how could they build that skill uh again there are tons of books on like software writing if you're doing that um you can you know learn from there's different youtube videos all about you know developing software products so just go watch some videos and come back to me and i'll give you some more to go watch awesome best tip for salary negotiation Ooh, best step for salary negotiation know know your ranges right know know what's realistic and know what's not you know go to folks like glassdoor um we're working on it at therapists and tech we've got a survey going uh for folks so but just do your research right yeah. so know know what is realistic to ask for and and know what's not right you don't want to come in and be like i'd like a million dollars please you know <laughs> next cool, candidate we all would we all would <laughs> but you know you ain't gonna get it okay the last question have you finished your notes this week i do i i tell you what i do a monday morning here's what i need to accomplish this week and a friday reflection so as soon as we get off i'm going to do my monday morning notes and plan out what i what are the three big rocks i need to hit this week and then we'll see if i've achieved them on friday i don't know if i will but i'll try i love i'm i'm wishing you good vibes but before (laughs) we say farewell how can people connect with you online I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you can stalk me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty easy to find. Um, come join Therapist in Tech and say hi. Uh, I'd love to see all you guys and, and help you understand how to make this transition into tech. Well, I want to say thank you for sharing all, all the wisdom and just being so open and honest. And I love your personality. So I had to say that. Um, oh, but absolutely. thank you for joining. Like, I really appreciate it. And for those of you who are interested in learning more about Dr. David Cooper and the Therapist in Tech organization, be sure to check out today's episode notes at more than a therapist.co. Thanks for joining right. us. Thank you.